Today's scripture reading is Luke 17. Jesus said to his disciples, It is inevitable that stumbling blocks will come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him to have a millstone hung around his neck and to be thrown into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. Even if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times returns to say, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord answered, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Which of you, whose servant comes in from plowing or shepherding in the field, will say to him, Come at once and sit down to eat? Instead, won't he tell him, Prepare my meal and dress yourself to serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you may eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what he was told? So you also, when you have done everything commanded of you, should say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. While Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one of the villages, he was met by ten lepers. They stood at a distance and raised their voices, shouting, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they were on their way, they were cleansed. When one of them saw that he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He fell down at Jesus' feet in thanksgiving to him. And he was a Samaritan. Were not all ten cleansed? Jesus asked. Where then are the other nine? Was no one found except this foreigner to return and give glory to God? Then Jesus said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. When asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God will not come with observable signs. Nor will people say, look, here it is, or there it is, for you see the kingdom of God is in your midst. Then he said to the disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. People will tell you, look, there he is, or look, here he is. Do not go out or chase after them. For just as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other, so will be the Son of Man in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like that on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let no one on the housetop come down to retrieve his possessions. Likewise, let no one in the field return for anything he has left behind. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night, two people will be in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together. One will be taken 
and the other left. Where, Lord? they asked. Jesus answered, Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. And this is God's word. Leprosy was a horrible disease to contract in the days Jesus lived on this earth. In order to keep from infecting other people, lepers had to live alone, away from society. If they came near anyone else, they had to warn them by calling out, Unclean! If you contracted leprosy, your family would never touch you again. And the only human companionship you'd ever know was from other lepers. Lepers would watch parts of their bodies rot away and fall off until eventually they died. So you can understand why lepers were so eager to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, according to verse 13, they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Instead of making new skin out of mud, or laying his hands on them, or even waving his hands toward them, Jesus just told them to go find a priest and have him check their skin. This was required by the Old Testament law for someone who wanted to be readmitted to society after having a skin problem that had cleared up. Between verses 14 and 15, they were healed. In verse 14b, they expressed faith in his word by obediently turning to find a priest when Jesus commanded them to. But according to verse 15, it took a few moments before they actually realized they'd been healed. Of the ten men who were healed of leprosy, Only one of them returned to thank Jesus, according to verse 16. And he was less than subtle about it. According to verses 15 and 16, when he saw that he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Notice that part about the loud voice? This is the kind of response I'd expect from anyone towards someone who not only just saved and extended your life, but made it possible to return home to your friends and family again. But of all the men Jesus healed, one alone gave glory to God and thanks to Jesus. And to top it all off, we're told in that verse, he's a Samaritan. That continued a pattern in Jesus' life of being received most by outsiders. Jesus made a point of highlighting that only 10% of the cleansed lepers gave thanks to him and glory to God for their cleansing. His point is one that we should consider as well. People frequently ask others to pray for them, but in my experience at least, rarely give glory to God when that prayer is actually answered. A lot of times I have to follow up with people that I've been praying for and ask them what happened. Furthermore, genuine thankfulness is in scarce supply in our world. We should serve God by serving others in love without expecting to be thanked, but thankfulness is a trait of godliness. You can see Colossians 2.7, Colossians 3.15, and Colossians 3.17 for just a few examples of that. So do you live a thankful life? Do we notice when God answers our prayers and give him praise and glory for it? Do we thank his servants his children, when they are good to us. These are habits of a godly life. So, is there someone today that you should thank? Make a phone call to that person today and let them know how much you appreciate what they've done in your life. And if you were helped by this devotional, would you consider helping me spread the word? One way to do it is to sign up in your email to receive this every day. No matter where you're watching this or listening to this, 
Go to dailypbj.com slash subscribe, and every day, this will show up in your inbox. Also, would you consider becoming a financial supporter so that I can make more content and reach more people with God's word? Go to dailypbj.com slash support for that. You could also share this devotional with someone you know who might really benefit from it. Regardless, I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time.